It is Tuesday, February 14th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number five of This Ain't Iowa, volume two. notice that we are recording a little bit earlier than we normally do. And that is because I realized that Tuesday was Valentine's Day. There were going to be so many lonely, horny degenerates out there that needed a little bit of a TAI Volume 2 fix. Tony, as you can see, I've brought my voice way down into a little something I like to call the sensual level. And I really feel like it's working. To me, it's like a low soprano, though. You know. Yeah, well, you ruined it, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? I feel like you're right. I feel like I used to be able to get down a little bit lower back in my like uh, my my chocolatey voice days, but now it's uh, this is the best I can do. So, our buddy uh, Griff. He has no problems yeah. getting down there at all. He's one of those. He's got a timber. That, he's got he's got a he's yep. got a timber down there. He sure does. Yeah, he's got some bass. Yeah. All uh, right, easy. I know it's Valentine's Day, but you don't have to get all lovey dovey about other hosts that you do shows <laughs> with. Fucking take it easy, bro. Um listen, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Thank you so much for spending a portion of it with us. I hope you are with one that you love or, you know, you love yourself. Yeah, I mean, listen, whatever, or or a, a Cobra Libre that you love. There's a lot of things that you can love that can love you back. Um, I uh, I have to say, you know, coming off of last week's show, it was uh, it was very funny. I guess you know, kind of tying into the fact that my my voice is not as low as it used to be. There's several things that are not as they used to be. It occurred to me as we were having that conversation with uh, Kenny about sexy Christmas and boner pills. Pre-gaming 10 years ago used to be, if I think that maybe I might be able to get some sex going, earlier on in the day, I would try to knock one out. You know what I mean? So I'd have a little bit uh, of extra, you know, take a little bit of the edge off. Have a little bit extra stamina for the evening, you know, if uh, if things are going to go. Pre-gaming at this point in life is popping a pill and crossing your fingers. Or if you're in Kenny, if you're Kenny committing marital rape and being like, you owe me, I took a pill. Uh, so that's a, that's a fun, that's a fun little thing about getting older. Um, I have to say, this has really been kind of a, a cool week. In the TAI verse, um, coming off the heels of that show with uh, with the guys, the Discord really kind of blew up. And uh, I don't know uh, if uh, if if you were you know if the time frames aligned and uh, and you were around and awake during uh, what we in America like to call the Super Bowl, but 
The Discord was actually insanely fun. During the Super Bowl, people were like actually watching and posting at the same time. People are talking about their bets. Uh, it was uh, it was really really cool. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I was I did happen to be awake for that. Uh, it takes place. It starts in the morning. Of course, finishes in the afternoon for us. Uh, I had a couple of Australians playing it. Had an interest because. Um, one of the punters, I'm not sure whether you're familiar with the role of the punter because it seems to be only a role that the Australian public seem to be interested in. One of them was yeah. a, um, a guy that used to play for my team in the AFL uh, and then went on to do college punting and then, then got picked up by the Philadelphia Eagles. So sorry for his luck. Didn't get a, didn't yeah, get congratulations. A he, got picked up by, he got picked up by the only team in the NFL that refuses to punt. <laughs> uh, they go for it on fourth down almost exclusively. Uh, so that's great for him. Yeah, tough tough break. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. But, yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun to be involved in the Discord. A lot of yeah. money going around, a lot of gambling talk. Um, I, w- I do want to uh, shout out a couple new contributors. Uh, first off, Eric Marlis, one of the dirt bags. Um, he, uh, he was part of the Jack Johnson crew. Um, his daughter and I actually go to the same school, so I see him from time to time. And it's a really stark realization that the two of us have have, uh, have, have changed considerably since, <laughs> since those days as we're both waiting for our children in fucking car loop. Uh, Punk Rock 99, uh, uh, that's, a, that's a guy with some Tucson ties, uh, I believe, uh, uh, the pride of Choya High School in Tucson, Arizona. Punk Rock, good to see you again. And, of course, the legend Rick and Reston popped in. Um I guess somebody mentioned spreadsheets and he got a, an alert, a Google alert. If anybody mentions a spreadsheet anywhere on the internet, he gets a Google alert and he, he popped into Discord to uh, uh, to make sure everything was okay uh, in, in Excel. So welcome to you guys. Uh, with all of the good stuff that was on Discord, there was some some questionable stuff. First off, did you see, I feel bad because this is the third different show that I have done where... This has been a topic of conversation, and I just cannot get on board with it. Did you see um, Peanut and Main Street Haitian talking once again about video poker odds? Yes. yes. It was just like the longest thread. And I swear to God, like I am in some ways I'm very envious because they have figured it out. They have figured out a way to like maximize comps and cash back. Like they have a whole system and they, you know, it it is – it's it's clearly benefited their lives in a positive way, but anytime anybody starts to talk about this, this was done on the All In podcast, this was done on the original TAI, and it's done again here, I get three sentences into Wizard of Odds says, and I'm like, fuck the, all of this, I don't care about it. I don't even have a the Players Club card at most of the places I go to, I can't get involved, it's just, it's too much it's a video game but they've got a whole goddamn uh just book about it i can't i cannot make it through i can't make it through i can't even um get much enjoyment out of video poker itself to me it's just a math problem that needs to be solved and you're not playing against anybody even with blackjack at least i know you're not really playing (laughs) against somebody but occasionally a dealer fucks up and you've got to keep your eye on them but with video poker, the machine never fucks up and it's just a math problem that you've got to solve while trying to get free drinks at the same same time. It's too much work for me, um, let alone is going there, to Wizard of Oz odds. Is there anything better than when a dealer 
makes a mistake in blackjack and everybody at the table is just sitting up super straight and like shooting eyes at each other and no one wants to like say anything or move. That is my all time favorite. I can remember once the at the Sahara when it was in its um, last iteration, um, when it still yeah. had the NASCAR cafe. I don't know whether you were with me the day where we had a deal that constantly fucked up in our favor and <laughs> the floor supervisor was so laxed. She, they didn't catch her once fucking up. It wasn't deliberate on her part. She was just absolutely terrible yeah. at a job yeah. and was paying out on 22, uh, not hitting on 16, uh, not, yeah, not hitting on 16. Um, it, it was amazing the amount of mistakes she was doing, but the floor supervisor couldn't give a fuck. My my favorite story about this is I was at the Green Valley Ranch once. I, I, I don't remember who I was with. I'm sure it was somebody who was listening, but uh, I was uh, I, I was playing. I'm playing black trick in the Green Valley Ranch, and they had this side bet, right? So if you got like suited twenty, you, and you bet the side bet, you'd get something, and suited blackjack, you get something. Well, the woman uh, next to me was betting just a, a ridiculous amount of money for a side bet. Like she was betting like twenty five and thirty dollars on the side bet, which is, I mean, <laughs> they don't create these side bets to pay players a ton of money, right? Like, that's not why they exist. They're really? sucker bets. I thought that yeah, was the no. value bet. I thought that's where you I'm broke s- even. Yeah, t- talk to me about Instant 18 sometime. I'll tell you all <laughs> about it. But, uh, yeah, so this lady, so she's betting and betting. Of course, she's just losing her ass. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she gets the triple seven, which is the highest possible thing you can get, right? So she starts screaming and freaking out, and I could tell the dealer was like, oh, shit, like, she has never had to pay out the amount of money that she's about to have to pay out to this lady on this fluke side bet, right? So you don't pay out the side bet until the end, right, after it's all been said and done. So, like, she's she's dealing and she's dealing and she gets to me and I had a 16 and the dealer had a 10 and I said a hit and then she gave me a queen and I had 26. And sometimes I'll just say stay when I bust just yep. to, because I'm hilarious. I've seen that move. So I say stay. Yeah, so I'm like, she says, I say stay. And then she just moved to the next person. And she's like, while one eye was like watching the lady next to me and trying to like calculate in her head how much money she's going to end up paying out, she just keeps going and going and going. She flips over a 20 and then ends up paying everybody first. Like she wanted to deal with this lady last. So she ends up paying everybody first and just paid me on my 26. <laughs> and then ended up paying this lady next to me, like whatever it was, fucking, you know, $1,400 or I think it was more than that, actually. It was ridiculous. But I was like, okay, listen. My my ten dollar bet was none, of none of no concern to them. Like they they they, they got to deal with this lady. Um, so that that is my favorite all time dealer bus story. The uh, the second uh, thing that really stood out <laughs> on the on the boards this week was uh, again this is uh, piggybacking off a conversation we had uh, with Patch and Ken where they were talking uh, where where Ken was really advocating sitting uh, while you pee. Yes. Uh, which I agree with at, if you wake up in the middle of the night. I, I can't get on board with him just, you know, exclusively being a sit-down peer. Like, I'm not at that, that point in my life yet. Maybe I will be when I, when I cross that 50 threshold. But right now, I still stand during the day. <laughs> but I admit, I don't want to turn on the light. I don't want to piss all over the seat. Like, I, well, our good buddy Wooden Spoon, he had another, he had another suggestion, which is, just sleep with a piss jug next to your bed. And I swear to God, when I read that, I'm like, mm, 
Is Spoon doing a bit? <laughs> like, he doesn't actually sleep with it, but he's not joking. I guess he started doing this because, you know, back in the day, he was uh, he was a, a, a letter carrier, right? He was a mailman. Yep. And, uh, you know, they're pretty strict. Uh, you know, you got to you got to get your shit done in a certain amount of time, much like the Amazon folks. And I guess he kind of got used to just feeding it into a bottle, an empty bottle and uh, and peeing. And so now he has taken that into the bedroom where if he wakes up in the middle of the night and has to pee, he's not going to get out of bed and walk to the bathroom. He's just going to roll over, grab that, you know, empty, whatever, two liter RC bottle, feed her in and let her rip. And I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not there, bro. I just, uh, listen, I don't know what his status is as far as, you know, uh, uh, a partner in life, if he's seeing anybody dating. Uh, but I can tell you this, he's not currently married and living with a woman. I can tell you that 100%. Because no one who has, I don't care how rugged you are and how much you command your household, unless you have a medical problem and you're cleared by a doctor, yep. no woman is allowing you to just roll over and piss in a bottle <laughs> While you're laying in bed. It's just, that is not happening. I'm sorry. This is, I don't normally buy into the whole slip, slippery slope argument, but the leap is just too small from peeing in a jug to going full Amazon worker and shitting in a bag. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that, that right hand turn and start peeing into jug unless I've got a broken leg. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Uh, I've got no partner, so that's not an issue. Um, I don't care if I have to if I have to sit, and I, it takes me as long as Kenny, because I know when we play poker, his peas take forever. I get it. Yeah, take me some well, time. Because he sit. Apparently, it's because he's sitting down and reading novels on his phone. Yeah, and that's why they're taking so at long. The same time. Yeah, um, gross. Well, hey, good use of time. What else is he? But I will do? also. But I got to tell you, like you, when, when you do make that choice, right, when you make the choice to start peeing in a jug, that's not just like one decision. OK, that choice has now put you into a different part of your life where like that affects a lot of different things in your life. If you're the piss in the jug guy and I love Spoon, all right, he's one of my favorite dudes. He's got the show tattooed on his leg. He actually made a very, uh, a very generous contribution. I threw out like a bullshit uh, uh, college basketball pick on the on, on the discord thread. He bet it and hit it and he decided to give us a portion of his winnings, which was extremely cool. So I appreciate that. Uh, I love a lot about him, but mm, not the piss jug part. And then, OK, so uh, like I know he had to come to Vegas to pick up some of his gambling winnings. So does he bring a jug? Does he bring like his favorite jug? Does he like drain a a Gatorade on the drive? And then that's his piss jug. Does he take a vacation from piss jugs? Like, I don't know, man, we're going to have to have him on the show and it's going to be 85% piss jug conversation. Cause I like that really, that shook me. I'm not going to lie. It fucking shook me. No, I, I get it totally. And like, is there a hierarchy of jugs? And I don't mean like brand or anything, but he's like the Gatorade bottle king because it's got that wide neck thing. Um, and does he have to slam it with like a Coke bottle? And is there, because... Well, 
Listen, I I'm I used to it. I know. You big no, but you know what? But you're you're correct about a couple things. Like, listen, so I I was a road comic for many many years. I used to have to you know take long drives, and I would be stuck and have to pee occasionally. And um, you don't always have access. You know, my my first choice is obviously a bathroom. My second choice is can I pull over and get somewhere out of sight? I've even used the Troy Bohunk method of pretending you're checking the tire pressure and letting it go. It's not ideal. You're going to get pee on yourself a million percent. <laughs> but it's, but like I've been stuck in traffic and there's no option. And I've like, you know, and I've had to, I've had to go like in a Starbucks cup before, but I will tell you this. It's not an e- it's not as easy as you think it's going to be. Not like you really have to get your mind right. Your, 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 your dick does like knows better. It knows that it doesn't want it. Like this is no, 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 no. This is not how we do it. Like, I don't like the position we're in. I don't like the, the receptacle. So, and that was with a wide mouth Starbucks cup. Now, if you're talking about like a bottle of water or Coke and I, and I listen, uh, it's well-documented. I'm not swinging some kind of King Kong dick here. It doesn't matter. Like it's just, it's too logistically a smaller opening is, Yes. Is, it's really, really difficult uh, to, to logistically do. So what is the jug? What's the jug? <laughs> All right. I can't. I, I, my, I, a gas can would be my thought. Uh, but I, I, I honestly don't know. And I don't know. It's, uh, it's really, I haven't stopped thinking about, about it for the past, <laughs> for the past week. It's, it's haunted my dreams. Uh, it sounds like it. You know, yeah, it actually, uh, I'm going to be doing a segment on this show called Embarrassing Shit That's Happened to Me Over the Last 10 Years That I Haven't Been Able to Share. And uh, I have two of them for today, and one of them involves something similar to this, but uh, I'll, I'll save it. Um, hey, before we get to that, by the way, I, uh, I do want to say, so this month I've actually celebrated a couple things in my personal life that do have ties to the show. Uh, the first is uh, last week my son, Nate, turned 15 years old. Jesus now, Christ. Yeah, that's going to make you and a lot of the old school listeners feel incredibly old because, uh, you know, he came into this world while we were doing, like, you know, during the run of this first show. And, uh, you know, yeah, that was my first child. And it was like a, it was a whole big thing. And I had listeners send me baby gifts. It was very, very cool. In fact, again, this is something we'll talk about later, but he was actually born during what is probably one of the craziest weeks of my life. Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, the culmination of Whore Week, which is something we're going to talk about later. Yep. The Giants won the Super Bowl that year. That's the team I root for. They beat the, pa- the unbeaten Patriots. That was the year of the helmet catch. It was crazy. And then my son was born all in like an eight-day period. It was crazy. Uh, so that was, uh, that was an amazing week, and, uh, and I definitely wanted to say happy birthday to him. Uh, another uh, personal thing with uh, with show ties is uh, there were there were two things uh, about uh, a week ago. Um, my wife and I celebrated ten years together as a couple, and in two weeks we are going to be celebrating our third wedding anniversary. Um, now, so technically we have not had a real anniversary because we got married on leap day. Okay, we got married on February twenty ninth, twenty twenty. Uh, I thought I was a genius getting married on Leap Day. I figured I would only have to buy anniversary gifts once every four years. I've since been informed, not the policy. Nope, turns um, into an anniversary month on non-Leap yeah. years. <laughs> right. So uh, 
Uh, and, and you know what? It's actually better that way because I think every when you're growing up, every school had like one kid that was born on leap day. And yeah. it was fucking weird. Like, he's always like, I'm technically four years old. You're like, you're, you're in fucking high school, dude. Like, you're not four. It's just that's it's enough. So it's our third anniversary officially. And uh, and yeah, so obviously that has some show ties. Uh, we had our podcast together, the DU Diaries, which I know not everybody was on board with. But, Tony, you can verify that of all of the spinoffs of this show that have you know we've ever tried to do, that one was far and away the most popular uh, and, and, uh, and, and the most, uh, you know, listened to. So it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it didn't have everybody, but it certainly had the most, uh, out of everybody. And by the way, had a very high female listenership, which is something TAI has really <laughs> never excelled in. No. Um, but I will uh, say in addition, it's, it's one of the yeah. few spinoffs that actually had you involved. So I that's think that's true. kind of well, a key ingredient. Not to not to blow up your head. It probably says more about us as outside talent that we need sort well, of a catalyst. That's fair, but I mean to be fair, also I've been involved in some of the spinoffs, and they haven't done great either. Yeah, but, um, but has uh, your heart been in those? Was your heart <laughs> in table fair. for eight? That's that's fair. You're you're, you're not yeah. wrong. Um, she uh, she also was uh, she was on the original TAI. Uh, she came to some Tycons. Some of those were more memorable than others. Um, I will tell you the one that I remember the most, though. Um, it's not the one that you might be thinking of. It's actually the last one. Uh, the very last Tycon we ever did, and we all kind of knew it was going to be the last one, right? The show yeah. was sort of unraveling. Uh, I actually did not enjoy that Tycon at all. It was tense, and there was a lot of weird, like, backroom shit happening, and it was just, uh, it was not a particularly enjoyable experiment, experience, but one of sort of the, the side pieces of that, uh, of that Tycon was uh, there was a contingent of people specifically that did not want my wife to be involved, Right. They didn't want her to come to Tycon events. They didn't want her at the show and they were not quiet about it. Um, and then sadly, like that fire was stoked by actual like members of this show. The inner yep. circle of this show were kind of stoking that, which was, you know, not great. Uh, and she had probably one of the bravest responses I have ever seen to that, which is she just replied, Yep, I'll be there. Can't wait to meet you guys. And that was it. Like, and she, like, she didn't give a fuck. And she showed up uh, and sat in the front row for that live show. Didn't hide in a corner. Went around, met people. Uh, it was one of the most gangster things I've ever seen in my entire life. I like. I, I don't know that I would have done that. I, I'm just going to be a hundred percent honest here. No, I don't think I would have. Like that was that was one of the coolest things that anyone has ever done for me. And uh, and I never forgot it. Um, and there were a couple different reasons, I think, that, that she had that effect on people. I think the bigger part of it is it became easy to kind of point the finger at her as a, like a main reason that the show was ending. Um, that happens to not be true. Yeah. Uh, some of the aftermath. Yeah. Some of the aftermath I, I will attribute to, to the way she was spoken about and spoken to and treated. I will, I'll own that. But the ending of the show didn't have anything to do with, uh, with her. Um, but a lot of people didn't feel that way. Uh, another part of it, and I don't have, like, this is not substantiated, but I happen to believe it in my heart, which is she happens to be very beautiful. All right. She's an attractive person. And as Jack Johnson immortalized in fucking print, 
this show was one for the fat and the ugly, right? So I, I also feel like that kind of, not, not to say that everybody that listens to this show is unattractive, that's not true. Uh, but uh, but I do feel like that kind of rubbed people the wrong way. Like, you know, all of us that were actually on the mic for the most part were a little bit flawed in the physical department. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that that might have had something to do with it as well. What I have been lucky enough to learn over the past 10 years is that the fact that she is pretty is really one of the least interesting things about her. She happens to be very smart and very funny and she's successful and and driven and has really given me the kick in the ass that quite frankly I needed as a guy in his mid 30s at that point, uh, you know, to get my life together. Um, you know, you, there's a direct line that you could draw uh, between any improvements I have made in my life, whether they are professional or, um, you know, mental health-wise, physical health-wise, as a parent, as a partner, any of those things, if, if there's a, like a, a noticeable improvement in any of those things, uh, they are at least in part can be attributed to her presence in my life. And, uh, and I am very, very thankful for that. Uh, you know, well, as you know, Tony, like when we closed the book on TAI, it like, that was not a, it was not a happy ending, right? That was that- a fucking heavy, that was a heavy, heavy part of my life, right? And I, I mean, I was divorced and I was a single dad and I'm living in my shitty little apartment and um, I'm unemployed. Like it was not great when that, when that closed, when that book closed. Uh, but the, uh, you, know, a, a, you know, we started a new book and uh, a, a big part of that book has sort of been this, this love story. And through that, like I have this, this family, in addition to my son, Nate, we also now have two daughters together and we have this home and this life and uh, and I am uh, I've been very lucky. So, uh, you know, and, and again, all of that kind of I, I don't know that without this show and without DU Diaries, we would have gotten to that place. So I'm, I'm very thankful for, for that part of it. And listen, I'm a guy who's been through some stuff in life. I have learned the hard way that there are no guarantees. Uh, marriage is tricky business. Both people got to want it and work for it the whole time for it to work out. Uh, so I, I know better than a lot of people that tomorrow is not promised, but today I am thankful uh, that she is in my life. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I love you and a happy anniversary and happy Valentine's Day. And this counts as your gift. Now, <laughs> let's, um, <laughs> let's, let's move on. It's <laughs> a long way to go to get out of buying a card. Um, <laughs> All right, so no, you've, I, I, you've got three kids, yeah. and, and two of them at that age. Can't you just get them to make a card, and it's still cute? Oh of, no, that that also has to happen, Tony. You got a lot to learn, bro. Uh, that's uh, that's piss jug thinking. You can <laughs> you can the, the kids all the kids have to do their own thing, but I you, you also have to come up with something as a uh, you know as as a as a partner. Uh, and it, the, the good news is it does get a little bit easier every year. I'm pretty sure last year for Valentine's Day, my wife gave me a bag of soy wasabi almonds. How were they? Um, I love it. They're actually one of my favorite snacks. It was not a, it was not a, it's not something I disliked. Oh, I don't know that I would throw it in the category of romantic. <laughs> uh, spicy almond, bag of spicy almond, but it was a big bag. It was like a big Costco sized bag. So, you know, she didn't cheap out. Um, so it does get a little bit easier as the years go by, but you can't do nothing. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, so I had a couple of, I have a couple of different, uh, things that, that I wanted to discuss 
here, Tony, and I'm going to let you, I'm going to do a little choose your own adventure with you. All right. Okay. Here are the, uh, here are the three topics. We can do some, uh, some, some comedy talk. We can do uh, a new segment called uh, embarrassing moments in Brian's life uh, over the past 10 years that he hasn't been able to share with anybody, or we can do TAI memorable moments retold. Where do you want to start? Okay. Let's start with, let's start with the uh, previous 10 years. Whatever you were calling that long-winded segment had a super catchy title <laughs> yeah. that, I, that I remember right <laughs> off the bat. Um, let's, go with, the tongue. Let, let's go with one of those yeah. to start with. We'll do one of those today. Yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be my next, uh, the next shirt that we release. Uh, Brian Malika, embarrassing moments of the past 10 years that he hasn't been able to share with anybody. <laughs> I have I have two today, all right? The first one is, uh, again, this is kind of in reference to the, uh, the the piss jug thing. So uh, I, was at the, uh, I was at the doctor. Uh, this was a, 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 a couple of years ago. And um, I, at that point in my life, I, I was kind of uh, going through some, like a weight loss thing, right? I, I had been, I had been, you know, gotten my diet cleaned up a little bit and I was working out and I was losing some weight, but I noticed that there were like pockets on my body that weren't really losing weight, right? Uh, and I, I couldn't figure it out exactly what was going on. And so the doctor was like, well, there is this thing called like cortisol. And there's sometimes if you have a certain amount of it, like it will, it will have like fatty deposits in, in parts of your body. Yep. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like what I got. And he's like, all right, well, I can actually give you a cortisol test. And I'm like, perfect. He's like, okay, go down to the lab and they'll give you the stuff that you need. All right. So I go down to the lab uh, and, uh, and I give them the paper and they're like, okay, well, what this entails is we actually have to test your urine, um, but it has to be like a sampling over a week's worth. And I'm like, okay, like well, I got to fucking come here like every day for a week. Like that's annoying. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. We actually give you a receptacle and you just have to relieve yourself into that receptacle every day. And I was like, What? So essentially, and so I'm like, well, what's the receptacle? And they give me, for the love of Christ, they give me a bright orange, literally looks like a gas can, big, <laughs> one gallon orange jug. And I am expected to pee into that. Every time I have to pee, I have to pee into this thing. Now, I don't know what they need this level of urine for. Maybe this will be something next time we have Patch on that I'll ask him. Why do you need, like... And it's just all mixed together. One big, like, fucking, you know, piss jambalaya in this in this gas can, right? So that part was bad enough. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I just, I'm like, so I guess I just, what? I can just leave this, like, in the bathroom by the toilet? And I just, you, because, again, this is part of having a partner, is you can't just have a jug of urine around. You can't carry you know what it I mean? around? Like, like, you know, those I mean, people that go I'm, walking and always have a jug of water with them to make sure they're getting their, their five gallons of water or whatever you need. You can't just carry your bright orange piss jug around the house. Well, I, I know that I have to have a conversation with my wife about it is basically what this comes down to. Like, I, I have to, she's got to know about this. So um, I'm like, okay, so can I just keep it next to the toilet? I'm thinking maybe I can just hide it, like, behind the toilet, something like that. And they're like, oh, no, 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 like, I mean... It has to be refrigerated. And I'm like, <laughs> like in my refrigerator where the food goes? 
And uh, that's essentially what had to happen. I had to have this big orange gas can. They give you a plastic bag to wrap it in because, you know, they don't want to be gross. I would have to piss in this can, wrap the, you know, close the can, wrap it up in the plastic, and then put it into the refrigerator. (laughs) And everyone in the house just had to pretend like they were fucking cool with it. Uh, It was one of the grossest things I've ever had to do. Afterwards, I had to then haul my heavy-ass orange can of piss back to the lab. By the way, that's great. That's fun to walk through uh, the lobby of the lab with a bright orange can of something that could only be urine. Like, there's no no other fluids could could go in there. Um, and, uh, And hand it to them. They're not exactly all that thrilled to be getting this weak old can of of chilled urine when uh, when i handed to them it was just a nightmare and then of course the best part of the whole story oh no your cortisol levels were fine uh there's actually nothing <laughs> wrong with you at all oh cool thanks thank you for that uh didn't even get the didn't, it turns out my body's just gross that's what i was diagnosed with gross body um so that was the first one the second one go ahead i'm sorry well you didn't think of getting like a, a piss cooler just so you could keep it right by the toilet. I know you have to restock it with ice all the time, but at least you're not having to carry it through the living room, put it next to yeah. your leftover food or your food yeah. you're about to cook, you, and then you can throw the cooler out. Coolers aren't here. They're about 12 bucks to fit this thing in, I'm sure. Yeah, well, listen, we weren't doing the show at that time. Uh, that would have been a great suggestion. But uh, our household was too freaked out of the fact that this jug even existed to, to have a good uh, idea of how to handle it. So um, anyway, it turns out everything's great, which is fun. The second one. Now, this one's this one's a <laughs> this one's a weird one. So I, uh, I, I during around the same time, I belonged to uh, a gym. OK. And I would try to go very early in the morning. And I'm not a gym guy. I, 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 I'm not I don't have a workout mentality. I have driven to the gym and then uh, turned around without going in because there were no spots close to the door. Uh, like, I don't, like, I, I'm like, sorry, I'm paying to work out inside, not to run a marathon in the parking lot. Like, you find another sucker, I'm going back to bed. Like, I, I just, I don't have the right mentality. And even when I would go in, it was just a lot of sort of milling around and fucking around on my phone and then doing a set of some machine. So I was not really a guy, uh, like a workout guy. So I'm in there one day, I actually made it in and Again, I would go first thing in the morning. So I look like shit. My hair's a mess. I got like a zip up hoodie uh, that's probably too big on me. So, you know, it's just kind of like this weird lumpy shape walking around and I'm doing I'm doing some um, some machines and I'm just kind of working in one little area. And there was this guy uh, working out near me. Right. And like there was something that just kind of looked different about this guy and I couldn't figure it out. Right. And so I like and I keep looking at him Uh and like every time I would look at him, he would look back at me and I'm like, oh, fuck. No, no, no. no. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to have to fuck a guy in the, <laughs> in the locker room. That's not what I'm not cruising. This is not what I'm up to. Uh, so we, uh, you know, we kind of, uh, you know, this has happened for, for a while. I'm going to say like a good five, ten minutes. There, there would be like I'd move to another machine and he was in the same area. And I'd be like, why does he look different? And then he'd catch me looking and be like, oh, no, uh, curls. So at some point he just comes up to me and he's like. Hey, uh, do I know you from somewhere? And I'm like, uh, no, man, I don't think so. And he's like, oh, okay. Because you look really familiar to me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, 
everyone's got like a weird fat friend that they say looks like me. It's this has actually been something that lots of people have said to me my whole life. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think we met. He's like, hmm, I don't know. I just, I really feel like I've seen you somewhere. And I'm like, and now, and this is point. I'm like, oh boy, this is so embarrassing. Like, he definitely recognizes me as a celebrity. So I'm like, oh, you. Br- I'm like, are you awake watching WGN America between three and four in the morning uh, on Tuesdays? Because that's when Cash Poker's on. So you probably recognize me from that. Or I do stand up. Maybe you go to shows. He's like, no, I don't do any of those things. I'm like, oh shit, okay. And I'm like, uh, well then, I'm like, okay, well, uh, yeah, I'm out of ideas, man. I don't think I don't think we know each other. Sorry. And he's like, okay. Um, I'm just gonna ask. Uh, have I ever seen you at the center? And I'm like center like my first thought is like great now i'm gonna be in a cult right this is a fucking scientology thing (laughs) uh and i'm gonna be like what center And he's like i'm so glad you asked and now i'm in a van and i'm like i don't know what that is i don't know what the center is and he's like you don't know what i'm referring to when i say the center you don't volunteer at the center and i'm like i don't know what the center is man (laughs) and he's like all right like he's like listen i don't want to offend you here and uh, uh, so please uh, don't take this the wrong way. I, I never ask people this straight out, but are you trans? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, boy, let me tell you something. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a liberal dude. I, uh, I, I am all about being who you are. But when someone asks you if you're trans and you are not, it's it, that, that stuns you. Okay, that stops you in your tracks for a minute. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, oh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm not. And then it also occurred to me, I'm like, oh, well, that's why I kept looking at this person. And he looked a little bit different. Like, this is, this is a trans person, right? He is, he's transitioned in, into being a male. And by the way, he was far more masculine than I was. Like, that dude was lifting way more than I was. Uh, but, like, it occurred to me. Like, it all just came crashing in. I'm like, all right, I see what's happening here. And I'm like, oh, no, uh, I'm I'm not. And he's like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm like, it, dude, it's fine. I'm like, I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. It's it's cool. And so he's like, anyway, uh, I'll let you get back to your workout. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that's happening. And then he, so he leaves. And uh, and I go back and do a couple more reps. And I got to tell you, Tony, when someone asks you if you're trans, uh, after you get past the initial like surprise of it, then do you know what the next question you ask yourself is? No, I don't. I'll tell you. Which way did he think I went? That's that's literally what I thought. I'm like, did he think I was originally assigned female and transitioned into male? And this is where I was currently in my transition? Or did he think it was the other way? Because listen, I was raised by a lesbian. I I, I acknowledge that I can look lesbian. Yes, uh, in true. certain in certain outfits. So maybe he thought I went that way. Maybe he thought I was originally born male, and was on the way to being female. And this is where I was. And it uh, it really kind of it threw me. And so I was like, wow, okay. Um, you know, so I end up going home. Now normally, you know, I, I didn't have this show to to share that story with and it doesn't really work as a stand-up bit uh so the next thing i would normally do is tell my wife but i can't like i just i didn't want to plant the thought in her head you know what i mean yep like it's already uh, it's already a dicey proposition with with <laughs> me in this house uh with her looking the way she does and me looking the way i do i don't also now need her being like 
oh, does everybody think he looks trans? Like, yeah. Well, I think he looks trans. Like, it's just I didn't want to plant the seed in her mind where she was thinking about it, and there was any other barriers to me seeing her naked. I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. So I just stomached it. I just ate it until right now. This is the one the first time I've been able to to get it out there and share it with the world. Uh, I wish it was not on the same episode that I did a little Valentine's Day message for her because now that's going to counteract any positive that I might have done. But yeah, that is my uh yeah, that that's my that's my story. So, couple Only of your thoughts. thoughts. Couple of thoughts. Sure. Definitely you have obviously been a female and are traditionally transitioning towards the male, um, full-blown male. I appreciate male. that. that That's the Thank way you. it's gone. Um, okay. Yes, you look like a full-blown lesbian, but there's not many trans-looking lesbians, if that makes sense. Most trans people, if they're transitioning from male to female, do the full long hair thing, and I could never see you with long hair, even in your hair metal face. That's a good face. point. Just can't see it happening. That's... Yeah, you're, you're, you know what? You're 100% right. Not very many people transition male to female and then go like male to butch female. That's yes. not a, yeah, that's not a normal, that's not sort of a normal move. All right, that's fair. That's a good point. All right, that's making me feel a little bit better, I think. And I'm starting to see where your previous segment about the piss jug and the fat pockets, all of a sudden it makes sense. Maybe yeah. just get a boob re- reduction. Just a thought. Don't get rid think- of those fat pockets. Don't think I haven't thought, because that's a big problem, all right? I was a kid who had, who like, I had man boobs from puberty, and I've been fatter and I've been skinnier, but when I have lost weight, I just kind of become bustier. Like, I do not <laughs> tend to lose, like, my, my stomach goes down, which is worse. Like, I don't need a flat stomach and tits. That's, that's, that's hot. Like, that's what I, that's what I porn, Google on Pornhub. Like, that's. That's my, that's what I'm into. Uh, so I don't need that to be, you know, my, my body. That's a nightmare. Um, all right. I'll take that under advisement. If that happens, uh, I'm going to somehow cover it on the show and see if we can get listeners to pay for it. Now, we haven't um, spoken <laughs> on a regular basis about this, but yeah. is Futanari still a big part of your porn diet? No, it's, it, it has only, <laughs> it was only part of my porn diet one time where Troy was like, you ever been into futanari? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So the next time I went, I looked at it and I'm like, absolutely not. What is this? That's when you've run out of regular porn. That's when you know it's the yep. porn. You've gotten too deep. You've watched too much porn. And now, now you've, uh, you've really started to, to venture off into some of the darker parts. Um, all right. So there it is. That is the, uh, that is my embarrassing segment. I will have a new one probably next month when you and I uh, chat alone together. Uh, so where, where should we go next? You should we do a TAI memory or should we do some, uh, some comedy talk? Let's, let's do a TAI memory from your okay. memory bank. Okay. So this one was actually, so I, I, you know, when we started the show up again and we mentioned, Hey, we'd love to talk about stuff. We got a lot of people emailed and posted on, there's actually an entire thread on, uh, on discord about TAI memories and this is one that was originally sent to me by a slow Joe 87, but many, many people have, uh, have, have asked about it. And it is the original poor week. This was probably, I don't know what you think, Tony, I would say the first truly pivotal, uh, you know, uh, cluster of episodes that we ever did. I think it, it really sort of shaped the shows that would come after it. And it's also the one that kind of got us, 
the most attention at that time and either yeah. repelled people or brought them in and, and solidified them as our fans forever. I will say, I think it took us from just another <clears throat> average podcast with, with a funny guy on it to something completely different, for better or worse. They, we sort of... It wasn't just edgy for the sake of being edgy. We were helping out somebody at this point. Um, yeah. Um, and it was something that not a lot of other people were doing and it wasn't just regular podcast fodder. Mm-hmm. And I think it had a huge impact on what we were then and what the show morphed into after Hall Week and it really changed the direction of the show and people's lives in some regards. And some of the people, absolutely. So... Let's kind of go back to how this whole thing started. So, you know, obviously, you know, I, I live in Las Vegas and uh, this was back in the in the original version. Right. So Tommy, Dutch, Tommy was still a boy uh, was. Yeah, he was on board. In fact, we were doing um, we had gotten a deal with Don Best, which was the, the website that he and I were both working for. That's how we met. We were both doing uh, like, quote unquote, sports commentary for them. Um, and uh, and that's how we met. And they gave us some money and like a little studio to start doing some shows once a week uh, from their studio produced by them and blah, blah, blah. So I had, you know, so here in Nevada, rules are legal, but not in Clark County, not in Las Vegas. You have to kind of go out to the outskirts. So I had always kind of been curious for like, well, you know, what are these brothels like? Like, you know, I, whatever. I saw that cat house show on HBO, but you know, it's not like that, right? They, they make it look real fun and glamorous, <laughs> right? Where the girls are all just like, you know, uh, making out with each other. And then, oh, a guy comes. That's so great. Cause I can't wait to fuck a weird guy. Like they just, they make it seem like everyone's having a good amount of time. Just like, I could not, I could not come to terms with the fact that that was reality. So I was really curious about it, but you can't just like go and be like, can I just be a looky loo? Can I, you know, I'm like, we, if we go, someone has to have sex with a prostitute. Now I wasn't going to do it for sure. uh, And I wasn't going to pay for it. Tommy, that guy ain't going to pay for it. That guy has people pay, you know, offer to pay him for sex, that handsome son of a bitch. Right. So he wasn't going to do it. So uh, at this point I had already met, Troy Bohunk. He was not a part of the show yet. Um, he was a guy that we met playing poker. And in fact, uh, me, Pie Gal Pete, uh, and uh, uh, Peanut were all playing downtown at the, at Binion's uh, 2-4. And that is where we met both uh, E. Karos and uh, Troy Bohunk. They were there together, and uh, we kind of became friends from there. So I, I knew Troy. I knew he was a single dude. Yep. And... Uh, and there were there were two there's two parts of it, right? First you have to find someone who wants to pay to have sex. Then we have to get the money together. And I didn't uh, for the life of me, I was so naive at that time. I didn't think either one of those things was going to be possible. So I start out with asking Troy. I'm like, "Listen, if I could like and I'm all sheepish about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm like, "Listen, if I could get some money together, uh, would you be willing to go to a brothel?" And have sex with a prostitute. And he looked at me like I was out of my fucking mind. He's like, <laughs> where? Like in his mind, he's like, well, what's the catch? Right? Like he didn't see a possible downside to it at all. He's like, of course I would. Right? And I'm like, oh, okay. I was not expecting that, but great. Okay, terrific. So then I bring it up on the show. Hey, I was thinking about maybe if we could get some money together. Yeah, within 24 hours, we had too much money uh, to get this guy laid. Right? So. That was the the beginning of Horror Week, right? So it started with, I had to introduce Troy 
to everybody, right? So yeah. I had him on uh, as like a special guest and we talked and, you know, uh, I, people instantly like realized like, okay, this guy is um, incredible. Um, he's hilarious. And, uh, and, and it was sort of capped off by, <laughs> by us calling several different brothels around Nevada and asking them like questions about how it worked. And, and that is where the famous, go ahead. And I remember even before the famous line, I believe Troy yeah. had a different angle f- for each brothel that you rang up. It wasn't he was always amazing. the same approach. No, he, he spun it every single time. And like I said, you know, so I, I originally like wrote the stuff. I'm like, here, this is what I want you to ask this and this. And he ran with it. He made each and every one of them better and funnier than I could have made them. Uh, the, the, the line that you're speaking of was I, uh, I, I told him like specifically, I want you to ask how much it costs for sexual intercourse. And then while he's having this conversation with the, with the madam or whoever it is, he changed on the fly. He changed sexual intercourse to vaginal coitus, which is so much funnier. I can't even like wrap my head around it. Um, so that, that's how it started was that. Then there was the, you know, then the next one was the buildup. And we actually had a team of people that were going to go. It was me, Tommy, Phobes. This might have been the first Mooch Phobes ever did. Yep. He was not on the show at this point either. Um, but uh, but he was a listener and we had met with him and he and Tommy had kind of hit it off. And uh, so he got in on it and Peanut was in town. Uh, and, uh, and so we're like, all right, fuck it. We're going to drag you along too. So we were all going to go. The big thing was we were going to, uh, we were going to do our, our live show at Don Best. It was the, the Friday before the Super Bowl. So they really wanted us to talk about Super Bowl because they were a sports information site. And this is the biggest sporting event of the year in America. And all I talked about was prostitutes. I just talked about whores. I wrote a song uh, <laughs> entitled We Are Going to a Whorehouse Tonight. I sang the song. It was all I could think about. Uh, it was really the beginning of the end of that sponsorship deal, which, that, boy, did that ever end up being a recurring thread in uh, in my life, me fucking up sponsorship deals. But, uh, and after the show, we all... We all packed into two cars and we drove to, do you remember the name of it? Oh, how could I forget? Mabel's. Mabel's Whorehouse uh, is where we went. Now, there are are several in in Pahrump, okay, which is sort of a a town about 45 minutes away. There's there's a few different uh, uh, brothels there, uh, as you know, Tony, (laughs) uh, dirty, Uh, but... For whatever reason, when he like these calls that I thought we were just making for entertainment purposes, moved the needle for Troy. Like he's like, no, this is the spot, man. I like it. It was in the it was in the middle of nowhere. We're driving into the middle of nowhere, and like you know, whatever. We all had Googled it and looked it up on our phone, and because we're like, well, what are we gonna do? Like we're just gonna all sit there knowing that our friend is is having sex in the back somewhere, and so we're like, yeah, well, this place has got a bar, and then like at one point they were like, oh, look, like you can. You know, they got uh, they got a grill. We could get some burgers, have a couple drinks, you know, whatever. And we're like, OK, I guess that's the plan. So we drive. It's pitch black, the middle of nowhere. There's like a there's a there's a runway that like single engine planes could land. I don't know how bad you need to get laid that you land your Cessna uh, on this tiny airstrip outside of a, you know, a, a whorehouse in, in the middle of nowhere. So we we get there. The madam greets us. She is a heavy set older woman with no teeth in her mouth. I do remember okay? that. Yeah. 
And uh, she was none too... First of all, we were the only people there. But she was also annoyed at the fact that only one of us was going to be having sex. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure we are like 100% of your clientele for the night. So just let our heavyset friend choose his lady and let's go. So we managed to talk her into, even though only one of us was having sex, we managed to talk her into allowing all of us to go in there and see the lineup. So we go in, only four ladies come out. Um, and uh, do you remember the, uh, the, the, the lady that he picked? You mean his first true love, Kelly? His, his Kelly, exactly. His first true love. Her name was Kelly. He chose her. We later found out there was one um, black woman. Uh, there was only one black woman, four, three white girls. And he, uh, he later told us that he was actually more attracted to the black girl, but he just didn't feel like he could offer her anything, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And I was like, I don't think that that's what this transaction was about. Like, I, I don't think you understand how prostitutes work. I don't think she was looking to get anything from you. By the way, I don't think Kelly got anything from you either. Like, if that's if that helps at all. So anyway, so he picks her and then, you know, they go, they go into the back and they do their negotiation and they have, they have sex. And then we, uh, yeah, the rest of us went to the bar. The best part is we walk, as we're walking into the parking lot, looking at this little, like, essentially a trailer in the middle of nowhere. I don't, I think it was, it was Tommy looked over at me. He's like, yeah, the burger's out, man. I'm not having a burger here. I'm like, you're fucking right. We're not. Uh, we ended up, uh, they didn't have vodka, soda, or tonic. So we all had some vodka and Sierra mists. See, I, that was, that I remember was the, uh, Tommy, Tommy having Tangerade for some reason. He was the one oh. odd duckling out of that. If they had Tangeray, God bless him. Uh, maybe he brought his own Tangeray. I did not see any. Uh, I did not see anything uh, mid to top shelf in that place. But whatever it was, uh, we, you know, we sat, we had our drinks, and then uh, yeah, Troy came out. We made a pact that nobody could talk about what happened until we like got to a place where we could all like sit together. So we went to this place called the Lodge. It's like basically right off of Blue Diamond, which is the you know the the road we took to get there. Right when you get back into Las Vegas. Uh, this place is just, it, whatever, it's just like a, a bar and grill kind of a place. We all went in there, we ordered food, we ordered drinks, and then Troy ended up telling us the whole story, which he would then end up coming on to uh, uh, the show, the, the, the following episode, and telling the entire tale of how it worked. And, um, yeah, I have to say, like you said, Tony, like, that was that was a pivotal moment that, especially in the early days of podcasting, that really separated us from everybody else, uh, we were still trying to be a Vegas podcast at that time, and I promise you, of the other handful of Vegas podcasts, none of them were doing any of that <laughs> shit. And uh, I think that show was probably, uh, you know, what, what put us on the map, and also what made people fall in love with Troy before he uh, became a, a regular contributor. Yeah, the only question I have in regards to mm-hmm. timing, because this was a long time ago, I I'm not sure. Um, is this before or after we found out Tommy Dutch? lived a more interesting life, especially at that time than than, yeah. than we originally thought. We we knew he was always an interesting guy, but uh, at that point he had mm. two girlfriends, um, I believe. He, I, don't, I don't know that it was close. All of this happened fairly close because the show with Tommy actually did not go on much longer after that. No. Um, so, in fact, it wasn't even like – we did our first Tycon in, you know, October of that year, and he was no longer 
part of the show at that point, I think. Uh, and I might be wrong about that, so I apologize if I am. But uh, it, it all happened. I mean, Tommy Dutch's more exotic lifestyle ended up being one of the reasons he stopped being on the show. Yep. So that whole thing really kind of unraveled over the course of just a few months, believe it or not. So I, uh, if we did know about it, it you know it was it was the beginning of the end. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, but honestly, I don't think so because one of the big things was, and boy, this made me mad because he was already like a handsome dude. And then while we're sitting at the bar, the Madden comes over and she's all giggly, and she lets us know that one of the girls, in fact, the one that that Troy liked, the the black girl that he liked, she really had like a little thing for uh, for Tommy, and that if uh, he wanted to go back, she could cut him a really good deal. And in my mind, I'm like, this motherfucker, she's going to pay him. I knew it. She's going to pay him for sex. This son of a bitch. He ended up not doing it, uh, just for the record. He, uh, he didn't go back there. Um, but, yeah, that was, uh, that was a wild, wild night and a crazy week. And then, like I said, capped off by Giants winning the Super Bowl <laughs> and then me becoming a father. Uh, you'll, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who had, uh, uh, from start to finish, a more uh, interesting week than that. Um, so, yeah, so thank you, uh, everybody who recommend, who uh, requested that one. Um, I, I, at, at first, when, when I thought about doing, like, memorable moments, it seemed like a good idea. And then once we got into it, like, it just seemed impossible. Like, it's eight fucking years we did this, and there was a lot of memorable moments during yep. those eight years. Like, I didn't want this whole podcast to just turn into, like, you know, telling old, weird stories, but... It did occur to me that every now and then sharing like a story from the past, one, it helps, you know, it, the people that were here for it, love it. You know, they can remember it. Some people who, who may have forgotten about it, you know, uh, uh, get to hear about it. And then not everybody, you know, we have a couple new listeners to this show and some people that came on board later, like Horror yep. Week was fairly early on in the run of this show. Um, not everybody had a chance to hear it. So uh, it, it kind of gets it, at least lets everybody participate in the same conversation if if they have a little bit of an idea. So that's uh, that's the story for today. Uh, and yeah, that one was uh, I will not soon forget. I will not soon forget uh, Horror Week, Mabel's Whorehouse. I wonder if that madam's dead. She's got to be dead. Hundred percent. She, she has be to dead. be. Surely she couldn't yeah. have survived survived COVID. And let's be honest, it's probably a fifty percent chance that she was alive for the start of COVID. Because there's no way that <laughs> yeah, would have shut down Mabel's. I don't think she made it. I don't, no, no, no. I don't, think that, uh, I don't think she made it to COVID. I'm going to be honest with you. I think no part of her made me think like, yeah, she'll, make, she'll be alive in 12 years. I don't think so. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to do another story next week because wow. another thing that, uh, that Slow Joe uh, <clears throat> wanted to uh, talk about was Phobes, Phobes will be joining us uh, for our last show of the month next week. And uh, he wanted to hear about, uh, I guess, sticking with the prostitute theme. Uh, Phobes had a little bit of a run in with a, uh, um, a feisty young lady in Thailand. And uh, Slow Joe would love to hear that story again. So um, I, uh, um, it's one of my all time favorite stories that's ever it happened. Did he have a run in with life. a young woman in Thailand or did he have a run in with a kitchen item in Thailand? Well, I guess if you want to use the real, like, you know, definition of the word run in, yeah, it might have been a teapot. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that with Phobes. I feel like he needs to be here to tell that story, so we'll, uh, we'll discuss it then. Uh, all right. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about was just a little bit of stand-up comedy stuff. Uh, 
I mentioned that like every year I'll get a couple of offers and I usually just say no to them. But like sometimes if it's if it's something cool or something different, I'll I'll take it. So I got a uh, I got a call from um, a, a booking agent who I've done some work for in the past and. Uh, he offered me this show in a little town called Parker, Arizona, which is, it's a real, I mean, it's, it's tiny. It's a little place. It's got a little casino. It's right off the Colorado river. And I'm like, I don't know, man. And he's like, you know, Hey, it's a headlining gig. Like, you know, it pays decent enough money for one night and you get to do an hour. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of what sealed it for me because I, uh, even when I do a show in Vegas, like Everything in Vegas is short, right? They're not looking to keep you in a showroom for a super long time. Yeah, 15, <laughs> so, 15 minutes is a, a long set for somebody that yeah, uh, doesn't have his name oh, on the marquee. A hundred percent, yeah. When, yeah, I mean, uh, a headliner spot literally in Vegas is somewhere between 17 and 30 minutes, depending on, like, you know, uh, what, what they feel like giving you, unless you're obviously a known name, but somebody at, at, at my level. Um, so... I'm like, all right, you know, it might be cool. I haven't done like a long hour set in a while. In a while. Uh, obviously, there's not a lot of pressure when you're in a shithole town like Parker, Arizona. So I ended up taking it. So that show's going to be in April. I'm going to go do that show. And I almost backed out of it immediately because uh, he sends me, you know, he, he I accepted it. And then he waits a few days and then he sends me like the the info, which he usually does immediately upon booking me. This time he waited about a week and then he sent it to me. The show's at 5.30 p.m., which is not a great com- – that's not a good comedy time. Hey, at least it's not a, a, a mm. check drop, although I suppose it could be if it's for the blue rinse set. I mean – and then he's like, it's got to be PG-13, which that actually didn't throw me because he always says that. Uh, he always claims, like, oh, you got to be PG-13. And then I get there, and, like, they're always like, no, nah, dude, just say whatever the fuck you want. Like, nobody – this is an adult. It's a bar. It's a casino. Like, just do whatever you want. Uh, so this time he writes, you know, PG-13, and then uh, in in caps, he's like, seriously, no F-bombs. And I'm like, huh, I got to talk for an hour without saying fuck? Like, I can't even do that on this show. Uh, and I got to do that during stand-up? And then they're like, oh, and uh, you can't have anything, you can't have any alcohol until after the show. You can't drink before the show or during the show. And I'm like, what am I walking into yeah. here? This is a real weird vibe. So I, I'm regretting it, but now I feel like, listen, I'm doing this podcast again. If nothing else, I got to do this show for the story. This is true. So I will, uh, yeah. So I will be in Parker, Arizona, on April second. It's a Sunday too, which that's even better. I guess I got the church crowd. I don't know. Well, that's um, what I was thinking. So, I know the Mormons, have, have, especially those, those big um, fundamentalist Mormons, have moved out of Utah to some extent. Is there a possibility that you could be performing for? A Warren Jeffs type character. No f bombs allowed. If that happens, it's going to be amazing. Um, I, I almost hope that happens. If I get there and everyone's got long, long braids and weird white homemade dresses, I would be all about it, and it will be a very different show uh, than they're used to. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. The other thing I would recommend, because my other thought is, of course, that this is going to be a set for a nursing home that are having the day out. Have you ever thought about working on your ability to project to the back of the room and reach people? <clears throat> Not a problem, bro. That's the one thing I've <laughs> nailed a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, this should be interesting. But I, I did want to, since, since, you know, comedy is, is popping up, I, I did kind of want to uh, talk a little bit about 
just some comedy that's out there. The first thing I wanted to mention is uh, Louis C.K. Obviously, that dude's run into a run into some trouble <laughs> over the years. But I have to tell you, as a stand-up comic, this dude is fucking. He's he's incredible. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it was like to live when Mozart was alive, but I assume that, you know, if you were into music and Mozart was alive, you could watch him and be like, fuck, man, like this dude is so far and away above everybody else. And that's how I feel when I watch Chappelle and Louis, who both, by the way, seem to, you know, can't seem to avoid problems. Uh, but he, uh, you know, so everybody said he was canceled, which, of course, as we've talked about before, is not really a thing. Right. Yeah. It, 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 you're only canceled in, in in so far as somebody won't pay to see you. Louis just sold out Madison Square Garden to do his latest special, so he's not canceled. He's he's fine. He's not on TV. All right, great. He doesn't have his show anymore on FX. It's fine. He's he's doing fine. You don't have to worry about him. Um, so he actually started doing something pretty amazing, which is he decided fuck you know Netflix and Amazon and all these different services. I am just going to do my own specials and release them on my website and people can just pay to, to watch them somewhere between five and $7. It's not a lot of money. And, uh, and he's been doing that and making an insane amount of money doing that. Seeing all the specials that he's done kind of through this whole thing. And they're all amazing. And by the way, if you go to his website, I think like he's doing a special now with all of this. Cause he, this, this last special that he did, he, he basically said like, I'm going to be going away for a while. I guess he's married uh, to a, uh, a woman from France. And so he lives in Europe a good portion of the time. He was going back to Europe. He wasn't going to be back for a while. Uh, so he made all of his specials with the exception of his very last special. It's like, seven specials for 15 bucks or something like that. Like uh, he doesn't need me to promote for him, but I, I will say like it, his shit is, is incredible. And this last special that he did is, is just wild. Like it's, it's hard to imagine that somebody is just this effortlessly good at comedy and it's silly and absurd, but in a way that's grounded in reality and talks about real shit. Like it's just, it's really next level. And, uh, uh, I don't think it's cool to just take your dick out and jerk off in front of people. I don't, I don't do that. Uh, but uh, I, I will say if, if you can, in your mind, separate that part, comedy part, the comedy part is, is fucking, uh, it, it's incredible. So uh, if, if you're into it, I recommend you check that out. Now, if you I'm, don't like guys, oh yeah, go ahead. I haven't been keeping up with the comedy world, but there was another guy canceled around the same time as he made a comeback and that's Bill Cosby. You know what? That motherfucker. So he uh, he got he got out of prison, as as many of you know, he went to prison uh, for just drugging and raping so many women uh, and then somehow got out of prison. And now here's the deal. If you went to prison for, you know, essentially one of the two worst things you can do, drugging and raping and pedophilia. Right. It's a real horse race. Those are your yep. those are your one and two of, of worst things you could do. If you did either one of those things and you went to jail and then somehow by a weird technicality you get out of jail, just go away. No one needs to see you. Know you're alive, dead, nothing. He's got money. He doesn't need to get a job somewhere. Just go away. And he did that for like 18 months and then announced that he was going to go back out on the road. And I got to tell you, I, you know, you know this about me, Tony. I consider him to be one of the most important comics in my own life. I had him as my number one comic 
for decades. It turns out my line in the sand is uh, serial rape. That's where I have to say, sorry, man, <laughs> me, me and you got to go. We got to part ways. Um, I, I can't. I mean, I don't know who is going to go see an 80 something year old Bill. I, I don't know that I would have gone to see like an 85 year old Bill Cosby just do stand up at all. At that point, you're really not that sharp anymore. Uh, but definitely not an 85-year-old Bill Cosby who everybody knows drugged and raped people and got out on a technicality. Like I, even, if you, even if you went to see that show, to borrow, to borrow a line from Louis C.K.'s special, like, you can't tell people <laughs> that you went to that. There are people in your life that you cannot tell. You, you purchased tickets and went to see that show because that is a, yeesh, that's a rough one. That's a rough one. Poor Bill. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's the victim. That's a good call, Tone. Uh, if you're not into that, somebody on the, uh, on the more wholesome side is uh, Nate Bargatze. So I have been on this guy's bandwagon since his very first Comedy Central special where he was like, a chubby younger dude. Quite frankly, maybe I liked him so much because he reminded me of me. Uh, just like a chubby younger dude trying to figure out comedy, except he was just so much better at it than me. He works 100% clean. His, uh, his special at that time was called Full-Time Magic, and it's, it remains one of the funniest specials I've ever seen. If you can find it somewhere, uh, Full-Time Magic, Comedy Central special, Nate Bargatze, it's, it's incredible. And since then, he's blown up, right? The dude's famous. He's in shape now. He's had like two Netflix specials, and I think he has one that's about to come out on Amazon Prime. Um, he's uh, th- this guy is making a-, a run at being one of the most prolific comics as well. Uh, my wife and I went to see him last year, middle of last year. So yeah, somewhere like late spring. Uh, he was just back this past weekend at the Win again with a brand new hour. Completely different from the one that we just saw last spring. Now, when I perform my hour in um, in Parker, Arizona, in uh, in April, Tony, it will probably have somewhere in the area of thirteen new minutes of material. Uh, <laughs> the other forty-seven greatest hits, baby. Uh, some shit that goes all. Uh, there's going to be no zipper shirt just because I don't own one anymore. But everything else is on the table. Anything else I have ever written in the past twenty-two years on the table, ready to go. Uh, how this guy is just super, and it's all good. It's not even like he's had like a fucking dud of a special yet. Like it's all good. Um, he and, uh, for my money, him, Nate Gatsi and Taylor Tomlinson right now are probably the two, uh, you know, next level down after Chappelle and, and Louis. Uh, just the most gifted, you know, comedians um, working right now. Just, uh, they're, they're incredibly impressive. So, uh, yeah, I think, like I said, I, I, I don't know for a fact when the new special's coming out. I do think it's going to be on Amazon Prime. It's not on Netflix this time, but you should check it out because it's, uh, I, I think that might have been what I had seen him perform, but whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it's, it's going to be good, and I don't, I don't exactly know how he does it, and I'm a little bit mad about it, um, but I'm, I'm trying to be supportive. Um, so, so check that out. Will do. Um, the last, yeah, the last thing I wanted to mention is uh, I got a book for Christmas called "Is This Anything?" Uh, it's by uh, Jerry Seinfeld. So, I when it comes to Seinfeld, like, I, I mean, I like I like Jerry Seinfeld. I consider him a fan, but he's weird because 
if you ask, I was going to say if you ask any comic, but really if you ask any comedy fan, give me your top three comics. Like, I don't know that I've ever heard Seinfeld on anybody's top three list. But at the same time, like, you have to respect this dude as, like, the greatest craftsman of, of comedy. That He's certainly the most successful comic well, of all time. Obviously, the asterisk there being uh, the Seinfeld show, which made him a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I've never really gotten, I, like, I, I don't necessarily, f- I find him impressive, but I don't, like, laugh hard, right, at Seinfeld bits. But uh, I got this book, and it's weird because... So one of the things about him, the famous things about him, right, is he's like the most diligent writer of all time. He sets an egg timer. He writes every day on these big legal pads. And apparently he has saved every single joke he has ever written. Okay, and so Jerry. what he did was, yeah, right. I don't believe uh, this. And listen, I'm just telling you what's in the book. And uh, so what he did is he compiled them into this book. And it's all basically jokes. A few, you know, he he chimes in from time to time, but breaks it down into decades right so he started in the 70s and he takes it through the 2010s and uh each decade he he publishes the jokes not not all of them but a portion of the jokes that he has written in each decade in this book and again like i don't read it and laugh hard some of it i you know i i enjoy from a craftsman's point of view but the one thing i will say about it that i actually really really do appreciate is you do get to see like a full evolution of a comedian right starting with a complete unknown guy and then uh in the 80s a guy who's on his way up and then in the 90s a guy who's on this sitcom and is insanely successful and then the 2000s where he comes off the sitcom and he's getting back into it and then the 2010s where he's a guy in his fucking 60s who has more money than god and who gives a shit so it it is kind of interesting to kind of you know you get to see it through his work uh, yeah. like who, you know, where he started and where he ended up. I, I, from that, if, if you're, if you're somebody who nerds out on comedy and that sort of thing interests you, I would recommend the book. Don't just buy it, you know, because you think it's going to be a hilarious joke book. It's, it's not really that, uh, but it, it is really interesting. And, you know, to tell a story just through jokes, uh, is, uh, is sort of a new and, and interesting and innovative, uh, thing. So, uh, in in that regard, if if like I said, if you're a comedy nerd, you you might you might be into it. And if you don't feel like reading it, you can always just pick up the the Audible version of it. It's only sixteen six hours, not sixteen hours, six hours long. Six so, hours, fuck. And you and can that's... you can do it on double speed, and by that point, it's probably uh, quicker than a. Uh, Podcasts that I'm involved with, not this one, because we're going to be out within the hour and a half mark, and that's a pretty good effort for me. Are you serious? Did we go over an hour? I really wanted to hit an hour. <laughs> we're we're oh, at an hour, almost an hour and fifteen, buddy. We're way oh, over the shit. hour. Shit, <laughs> shit. This is this is the one episode a month that I was really like, at least we uh, at least I'll get out in an hour on the uh, on the Tony show. No, nothing. All right. Well, I can say that I think that is all the stuff I wanted to talk about. Tony, of course, I will throw it to you to see if you have a topic or two that, that you wanted to get to. No, I know you always shit on right me answer. For, for using oh, the video portion of Discord, but I think next time we need to use the video, I can get myself a torch and shine it in the camera and give you the light and tell you to get off. <laughs> give me the light at 55, bro. That makes me, <laughs> then I'll know to wrap it up. Because I find it hard uh, to get in a, two words. You know what it's like. 
hey, your wife knows what it's like for me. Ooh, I just boy. let you talk. Does she? <laughs> well, you're her favorite. Um, he's like, Tony really gets you. He just uh, says, hey, and then shuts up for 55 minutes. Uh, all right. Hey, listen, everybody. Thanks for letting me vamp on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, the Discord's kind of popping right now. I, I just, I, I oh, who the fuck am I? The Discord's popping. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, check it out, though. It, it is kind of fun. If, if you uh, if you were ever a member of the old school message boards, this is the closest thing we have to it now. Uh, so I, I hope you'll check out our Discord channel. Uh, you can also email us. Uh, oh, boy. Here we go. This TAIV2 podcast at gmail.com. Also no, on the socials. TAIV2 podcast on the socials and the website. If you uh, if you still need to listen on the website or get the links uh, for how to uh, subscribe, it's uh, TAIV2.com. Uh, all right. There it is, Tony. Party words. Um, I ain't got much. Kind of like this whole episode. Yeah. Okay. That's the way I like it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Happy Valentine's Day to all my uh, degenerate loves out there. And we will be back next week with Mophobes. Talk to you later. Bye. And just because I don't like Brian getting the last words, I just want to make it clear that I didn't pull a Sam Cooten and make him say the discord is popping. Just want to make that clear. That was all his <laughs> genius brain. I hate myself. <laughs>